Welcome to Alien Theorist Theorizing. I'm Brayden. I'm Zell. I'm Dan. And tonight we welcome back to the, a friend of his show, Tyler from Dockside Media, documentary wizard. Last time we had him on, we were talking about conscious contact, full disclosure. Since then, I think he's released, what, Secrets of the Sasquatch, The Ghosts of Gettysburg. And now he's here to talk about In Plain Sight, the intelligence community and UFO is right up our alley. So Tyler, welcome back to the show. Man, Braden, Zell, Dan, good to be here. Love the energy, man. And dude, it it feels good in my heart that you guys called me a friend. Like that's dope, <laughs> man. I love what you guys are doing. Um, having fun, right? Talking about these topics. I think you guys started or spun off another podcast with sports and conspiracies, right? As well. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, so you guys are just, I love it. You guys are doing everything, man. So uh, myself and then the other half of Dockside Media, Chris Rupert, who couldn't make it here today. Um, yeah, we've been having a blast, man, pumping out these interesting, informative, entertaining, and thought-provoking documentaries on these different topics like UFOs, Sasquatch, and ghosts. And this newest one, In Plain Sight, The Intelligence Community and UFOs, is available October 18th, that's this coming Tuesday, on Amazon, Apple TV, iTunes, Google Play, PlayStation, and Microsoft. And, dude, we've been having a blast going on various podcasts, discussing it, man. So far, every every advanced screener um, has been nothing but positive feedback, that, that it's our best stock yet, and that we just continue to improve and get better. And for your audience, the viewers, the listeners out there, man, I think it's really dope that we have interviews with retired CIA officer John Ramirez, counter um, former Air Force Office of Special Investigations counterintelligence officer Richard Doty, mm. right? Roswell expert and author Tom Carey, who's who's uh, written 12 books on Roswell, interviewed over 600 first and secondhand witnesses there. I mean, the guy's just a plethora of knowledge. And then also uh, MUFON field investigator Jesse Peak. Um, who when MUFON stands for Mutual UFO Network. And so, you know, he's out there boots on the ground getting reports uh, from different people uh, in like the, the Pennsylvania uh, area um, about whether it's sightings, abductions, implants, stuff like that. And then we also, the last interview was with Eric Mintel, who's uh, like a paranormal investigator uh, and experiencer. So it was sick that, especially like those first two, the retired CIA and the counterintelligence officer. I mean, it was just an absolute adventure going to interview, right? These types of people that you see in movies and you know what I mean? You have this idea in your head what the CIA is and ah, it's like a Jason Bourne movie I'm living through, man. I love it. Love it. Well, I think it was, uh, I think, it, and you know, I, we, we got a little pre preview, uh, early screener. Uh, I gave it a 13 minute standing ovation, just so you know, <laughs> it was just me, but just him in his living room. I, 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 I loved play. it. <laughs> I did. I loved it. Uh, so like listening to Richard Doty, um, I think he, he, he brought up a point that I thought was fascinating. That was like, people always ask why, you know, the CIA has all these images and stuff of, uh, these UAPs, UFOs over foreign skies and stuff. They're like, wow, well, you know, we're not getting a lot. How come you don't know so much about like these ones in the U S and he's like, I think a lot of people forget like, we're foreign intelligence. Like we're looking at the skies of other countries. We, we don't care. <laughs> we're not interested. That's not our business. Like we're, we're not in the business of <clears throat> spying on our skies and stuff. We're, 
you know, they got eyes on the skies above other countries. So a lot of the, uh, the footages of, um, UFOs and UAPs are either like, you know, out in the ocean or over other countries. I thought that was an interesting point. It just always kind of like goes over my head when I was, uh, when you're thinking about those things. Good food for thought, good food for thought. And I thought it was dope and I, I, not to correct you, but I think it might have been John Ramirez, retired oh, CIA, was it? who had yeah, talk about the CIA. The CIA. He, he was a he was a ballistic uh, missile uh, yeah, that's radar right. operator. Well, like he was he was he was tasked with uh, monitoring Russian or Soviet airspace right during the Cold War, and it's just dope to hear him talk about seeing these anomalous uh, like UAP UFOs on on radar, watching the Soviets recognize it, not know what it is and mobilize, right. To go investigate. So it's like, well, it's just a cool, um, yeah, it's just a great story to hear like, Oh man, that's nuts that, you know, he was I, seeing these things right back in the nineties the or whatever. Yeah. He like, I think he referred to himself as I wrote it down, electronic intelligence analyst. Mm-hmm. So, he, yeah. so, so he, he was, he was anal- kind of overseeing or watching what the Russians were interested in and they're on their radar. And then he would kind of see what they were interested in and see if some, it was something the U S had to be interested in as well. So, and yeah, it was, it's really cool that you got a lot of these guys on this documentary. Cause it comes at a time where, I mean, people have been throwing around disclosure forever and it never happens. And there's never disclosures. There's this air force guy sees this. He comes out on record, says something and it's all good. And then nothing happens. People put in requests for more. They never get it. It's tied up forever. And then now we had the, Dan, what was it called? The Sedent Committee, or Committee on UFOs or recently, just in the summer here? Uh, yeah. The, uh, oh, shoot. I can't remember off the top of my head. But the, We're Canadian, the, so we, we, we lose I some know, of those they, terms. They gave, it the, they, gave it, they gave it a new acronym or whatever, but it's basically like, the, it's, it's basically like Project Blue Book for the new like modern day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, the two thousands new blue book. Uh, you know, it's, uh, but, uh, it's, I think this one is actually a bit more comprehensive than, than the last one. Like P- project blue book was pretty much just like, um, you know, uh, what's his name called I, project blue pamphlet. Well, blue Heineck, pamphlet. right. It was <laughs> right. It was just like Alan J. Heineck just driving around, not even getting <laughs> reimbursed for gas in his car, <laughs> right. uh, checking out, personally going through like 4,000 reports a day. And he's like, what the hell am I doing? Right. Um, but <laughs> yeah. the, the new one is a bit more comprehensive. They, they said it, I think it's still technically early days, but yeah, they sat down and the last meeting was, pr- it was pretty interesting to watch. Um, and uh, this documentary kind of, it ties in a lot of this stuff from the historical accounts Um you know, going back to uh, like I, in the documentary, like Roswell is like, like you said, um, you're one guest uh, that you had uh, testifying or testimony about, you know, the things that happened during Roswell, the intimidation, the, the cover up tactics that were used uh, at the time to cover up not not just the one that crashed at Roswell, but the second one they mentioned as well that happened outside Socorro, New Mexico, yep. uh, I believe. And uh <clears throat> yeah. So, it, but the, you know, they're, they're worried about how, uh, in the documentary, they, a couple of the guys talk about how, um, the new, the new blue book or whatever you want to, uh, I can't remember the acronym on top of my head, um, is not going to address those problems. Like the, the, like those issues may never get addressed because they brought up the, um, 
at the it was the at the at the 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 last one congressional meeting they brought up the the one incident over the the nuke base the one um Mal- Maelstrom. Maelstrom, yeah, right. Maelstrom. Uh, mm-hmm. The Maelstrom nuclear base. And they talked about that one. They kind of asked about, you know, are you guys going to investigate that? And then, you know, they kind of gave them kind of standard answer. Like, I, I don't, I'm not sure what they expected because it's like well, those guys that they just put in there. It's just like, we just got here. <laughs> right. And it's like, are you guys going to investigate this? They're like, yeah, if there's something to it. We'll Softballs only. Sure. Softballs only. Next question. <laughs> um, you know, but uh, it is, it's, again, it's early days. So it's going to be interesting to see something that it's finally, you know, it's out in the open. It's not a tip like it was before, you know, 2014, right. 2018. Yeah, nobody knew about it. You got six, you know, $600 million like going down or, going down a hole and like into a black projects into uh what's his, everybody's favorite bigelow robert bigelow space <laughs> yep. industries and you're like okay like so what happened <laughs> well, and you don't learn about it for years but now we you know it's an open investigation i think the then, other really cool thing that happens from this is that you know you know even five six years ago you put out a documentary with xcia saying something about UFOs, like it gets bulked at, right? Like, and now that's not the case. Like we have, there's, there's so much information out there about these UAPs, you know, congressional hearings that these people that are coming out or have been coming out for years and, and (laughs) coming out of the closet (laughs) with their UFOs. And they're, you they're right. It's, uh, it's, it just, it's adding to, and already it, it's basically we're getting a tons of versions of similar stories now uh, that haven't been untold. It's, it's so it, it's very interesting. Hell yeah. Yeah, I think it's interesting and, and hopeful times. I'm just a, a big optimist, right? So just the fact that <clears throat> I think it's going to be like, what, quarterly, like every three months, right? Congress is going to be briefed or something like that. Yeah, they, you know, yeah, and they that, put out I a think, time frame. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think they they... Uh, created like a new form of reporting for, you know, for, for Navy pilots or whatever it is. And, and uh, maybe I think like uh, the FAA, like airline pilots as well, but either way, just, I, I think these steps in that direction is only good momentum, right? It only yeah. helps. And I know the, the UAP task force report, um, like back in July of 2021 or whatever was a bit of a letdown, but I still found hope in them saying like, look, 100 and whatever it was 13 out of the 114. We don't know what they were. They weren't, um, they weren't foreign tech and they're not us tech. And so my brain's like, well, bro, like if it's not foreign, it? it's not us. Well, like, I feel like that only leaves one option, right? Extraterrestrial. Yeah. It's gotta be. And so maybe they're just, you know, Putting putting this out there into the 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 public like consciousness or whatever the public sphere to slowly get people acclimated to it until we start thinking it's a good idea because then at that point, uh, yeah, that's for me. That's when a lot of right like I'm I'm slow to take action until I think it's a good idea. That then I'll then I'll do it. So maybe that's what they're doing here is just kind of uh, doing some sort of soft disclosure. And then in hindsight, they can say, well, like, dude, way back in <laughs> yeah, 2021, we told you it wasn't foreign or ours. Or like, where are your deductive reasoning skills? How yeah. did you not read between the lines? Yeah. <laughs> so, and we're having fun, man. Like, like you said, Braden, just, yeah, this is just a good time for these types of topics. And, you know, just the, the people that we interviewed, uh, so far, man, a lot of like, like 
all the different podcasts, like you guys watching it and saying you love it. It's really dope and meaningful to hear that because like, I assume that you guys watch a good bit of UFO content, documentaries, paranormal. So, I mean, you know, it, not that you're desensitized to it, but like, oh, I mean, if it's not really grabbing your attention and it's 80 minutes long, it can be like, oh, dude, I, I'm not watching this guy's documentary. This well, is, Ty, this I think one of the, one of the most interesting things about your documentary is that it's, it's new voices, like so much in the, you know, you start to hear the same, you know, the who's who in the UFO community. And it seems like for a long time, it, you couldn't produce content or do anything unless you had, you know, an ancient alien guy, you know, Richard Dolan right. and no, not these guys are beauties, but it's like, it's nice to start hearing from some other voices on these things. We, uh, I, if you're a fan of the UFO and alien community, like, you know, these guys takes, you know what they think. So it's nice to hear fresh voices. Uh, and, and that I like, I'd never heard any of the people in your documentary speak before so it was really that's really, nice. really sick and, and like it's i think there's a good bit of like new information in there right there's some good food for thought hybrids are talked about uh like extra temporal like time travel um different things about you know richard Doty seeing uh an extra you know a live et right talks about eba um actually standing for what extraterrestrial biological entity? Yep, and, that's um, what, that's man, what uh, Molten Howe used to call. She called them always. Yeah, she always used that yeah. term, Ebens and, and whatnot. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I mean, it's so. Let's get into it. We're not, we're not going to spoil the whole documentary. We want you to watch it because it is well worth it. But a lot of the documentary is focused on finding these this EB, right? The Roswell crash crash was not just a single crash. There was through your interviews, you you find out that a massive lightning storm was happening over New Mexico that night. Supposedly two craft came down. The one we all will hear about where it was spread over Marcel's field. And I claimed, oh, it's a weather balloon. And you see the guy with the piece of tin foil. And then a second craft that was actually not known about and recovered later on. And what was that? Just outside New Mexico, like a farmer just finds it. A couple of days later, was it archae was it an archaeological team or something? What was the one that was, or is that a different one that they mentioned? Like an archaeological team had found one, or is that a different? Oh, the yeah, they they did say that, and that was part. That's I mean, we're not going to spoil too much, but they did say that the part of this team, and that's what the yeah. the Roswell case was reopened after all this time because of that. Like they found evidence of something there, but what they say is that yeah, they recover one live ET and they keep them alive to, I think it's till 1952, this thing is living at like a secret, an Air Force base and they can't communicate with this creature. It doesn't, it doesn't uh, have the same like throat structure. It can't communicate like us. It's like telepathic and they call it a different name in the documentary. I can't remember, but it's, it's like a telepathic being. So after thought transfer might've been the term. Thought transfer. I can't remember. It, it was thought, he, he said I, something. He said it's like telepathy, but yeah, we, yeah, we called it something. Yeah. It was thought transfer. So it just like, okay. it's like instantaneous, whatever what he's thinking is in your brain. So they kept this thing alive for five years. So after like li listening to and interviewing all these people, like give us, some, give us a little more, give us a little more to it because it's not obviously not everything makes the cut of the documentary. So what's, uh, what's, what's your take on this ET, this living being after Roswell. 
Man, <clears throat> well, so Richard Doty is an interesting individual. It's cool to hear you guys haven't stumbled upon him before. There, well, we have stumbled he, upon been, him, but we never really, we never really talked about him too much on the show. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, <clears throat> he's somewhat of a polarizing figure in the UFO community to those who know him, in so much that. <clears throat> I mean, he was a counterintelligence officer right at this Air Force base. And there was a famous, uh, uh, what I guess, mission or whatever that he was tasked with, like seeding disinformation to this gentleman named Paul Benowitz. Mm. And that, uh, mm. and there's a lot of backstory to that, right? And Paul, I think, ultimately uh, committed suicide, like took his life. I think there were some mental issues there and I, and there's just a lot of stuff as far as I, you know, Richard years later saying that, you know, like near the end of, as he's given, because like, I guess the guy was picking up secret tech at the, that the, the air force base was using and Richard went and told him that it was, you know, this, this was UFO stuff and extraterrestrial and alien. And um, so the guy whatever kept chasing that rabbit but near the end richard said hey look like this is all air force stuff like the, I, I this was my mission to tell you you know get you to chase this other uh, rabbit and the guy's like yeah i knew you would say that or whatever and like winking at him so it was like oh dude i don't know rich legend i think the story is like richard tried to kind of come clean and help this guy then and the guy thought it was still part of this yeah, like it was an op or whatever. Well, yeah, um, yeah Richard but, Doty is one well, of those guys, sorry to cut in, but yeah, he's one of those yeah. guys when people say, like he even says it, like when someone says, oh, I seen a UFO, he would say, well, we would tell them, oh, no, that's uh, that's a drone or that's some other tech to try and, th if, if they thought it was a UFO, they try and tell people the opposite. Like, and if it was tech, they would say, oh no, that's, I think it might be a UFO, kind of like sowing disinformation and mistrust in sources to kind of keep the story or keep the truth from kind of, it, it's impossible because it's fragmented. Someone says this, it's actually drone. Someone sees a drone. It may be a ET craft. And they were, perp what he says in a lot of his interviews is they're purposely telling people different sides of story. So everyone seems a little crazy and no one can ever really take it seriously. Yep. And just using like the, Hey, be a good American, be a good patriot and just keep this to yourself. Kind of like, you know, telling people that it's like, oh man, like, and let me say this, like, <clears throat> if I put myself in his shoes, like say whatever, I just happen to grow up and I'm interested in, in counterintelligence and I get this great job. And, you know, like they're telling me that I need to to lie and stuff on behalf of national security and you you know, it's best for your family and for the public, you know, like, I don't know what I would do. Right. And, you know, I hope I would have a moral compass be like, Oh bro, I can't, I just can't lie. But I don't know until I'm placed in that situation. I really don't know my, my gut feeling from my interviewing Richard, like being in the same room with him, you know, it's not, it's not what I had made up, uh, in my head of who I thought he would be, you know, he's very right. like disarming. He's got these glasses. He's like very non-aggressive. Um, <laughs> he's like affable, not like, Oh, like he's just likable. You just find yourself wanting to like him. He doesn't, he seems as he's talking, like he's recalling this stuff from his memory. Uh, like these are events that he's experienced things he saw or seen. Um, 
and at no time did I get any feeling like, oh, he's just, you know, like I'm, I'm being, you know, part of some op or whatever. And he's trying to sow disinformation through us. He seemed very just genuine down to earth, even like a little nervous before the interview, not like nervous as in like, oh man, like I'm going to just like a human just, being like, oh, yeah, right. I'm going to be on camera. Anxiety, this time. Yeah. yeah. Just so he was very human. Same thing with John Ramirez. Um, I think what's neat about John Ramirez, the CIA officer, retired CIA officer, and we didn't uh, include a ton of this in the doc. I know, I think there's a part in there where he said, since he was a child, he felt like he was uh, called, you know, uh, called to the stars or something like that, like something out there. Uh, but he had some very interesting and unique experiences, like UFO sightings and stuff growing up. And it's really neat to see him talk where it's very like all this stuff is very personal to him. Like these are experiences he's had and these, his views are shaped based on them. Um, but yeah, everybody seems very sincere and genuine. Um, and yeah, John Ramirez, he's just, he's a great guy. You guys should reach out and see if you can get him on sometime. I'm sure he'd, well, yeah, he'd probably come on. Here. Some of these names that you've had in this documentary would, we'd love to have on the show. So. If we can't get a hold of them, we're going to have to go through you maybe. <laughs> yeah, no, that's fine, man. I'd be happy to help. They're, yeah, they're great people. I think I'm I'm going to try and maybe link up with Richard Doty again. I think we might do like a remote viewing uh, doc coming up. We're um, in, we're in. We want a part Richard, of that. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> if you guys, yeah, dude, we can, we can get you in it, man. Absolutely. If you guys have, uh, yeah experience with it or what your knowledge or, or history on it we, we could we could use you i think richard doty be a good interview for that and like if we can get hal put off or whatever um that would be really sick as well because i think he was the one in charge of running it right right so all right that's a great spot to take a short beer break and we'll be right back so pretty much after interviewing all these all these guys you, you're not getting because there's, I mean, unfortunately in this field, there is some people sometimes that seem genuine and they seem good. And then you, they go through interviews and it doesn't hold up. But everything that I've seen in this documentary, they believe it. Now it's hard. Now it's really hard. I mean, the truth is always hard. But if some, like they genuinely believe this, what they are talking about, like they're not, you can... When, when you watch it, it comes across as genuine. Like they, this is what happened to them and they're just recounting their story. So that's, I mean, that's pretty awesome. That just, that makes a doc that much better. It does. It's like, it's, it's insane. Um, Cause yeah, Chris and I, we're just dockside media. I mean, we're not, well, first off, a lot of the time, like for all these interviews, really, we just let these people kind of share their stories and experience. Like we're not, we don't go in with any, preconceived notion of how we want this doc to, to be shaped or anything like that. Um, you know, sometimes like after we logged the first interview with John Ramirez and the things he says, like, as we do, as I uh, record and log the other interviews, most of those people, like they brought up, they just happened to bring up the same things that John Ramirez talked about. Occasionally I would have to ask them like during one of the breaks, Hey, can, uh, is there anything, yeah, like, could you, uh, do you have anything for hybrids or anything like that? Any experience? Although I think most of the stuff, it was just weird. They all synced up where they were talking about the same stuff. Now there's other stuff that wasn't related that like didn't make the cut. Um, 
but it was really cool, man, how Chris was able to just do a great job of, of interweaving these because we're not in the business to just like, uh, yeah, putting out our opinions or anything like that. And I, I guess <clears throat> Chris and I would have to talk about it, but if we ever felt like, you know, we logged an interview with somebody where they were just intentionally being dis dishonest and deceitful. I mean, I, I don't see us using that in a documentary. I mean, we're not, yeah, if we want to just make stuff up for a good story, I'm a good enough actor, man. I'll, we'll just do this. I can just do this myself. I don't need to be flying all over the place and lugging camera equipment and mics and all that stuff. So yeah, green um, screen, you can be anywhere. <laughs> yeah. So it's really cool that so far through all four of these documentaries, like every uh, one that we've interviewed, man, they just, they genuinely, they're very sincere about these experiences that they, that they had. And it just, it makes it more powerful for me and it helps open my mind and just help shape me into a better person. Right. Because even if I don't necessarily agree or believe with something that, that somebody says, it's still good to have that information and that data. And I'm, you're always free to like grow and change your mind later down the road. Right. Like I'm never stuck on one position. So and this stuff has just been a really cool adventure and ride in, in helping me, you know, grow and become a better filmmaker and just person in general. Yeah, that's awesome. Now, after doing all this, what uh, what did you find the most interesting of all the different points of views about recovered craft and telepathy and live ETB? Like, what what was the most in interesting to you? Something maybe you never heard before, or something that you came across that was new? Uh, the one part that I thought that I just liked, and I don't know, maybe some other people were aware of it, but I guess I was ignorant to the idea that there were like two, yeah, UFOs that, that had crashed right at Roswell. Wasn't familiar with that. Maybe maybe that information was out there. But, um, and I love that like Richard Doty, he just flat out says, like, as far as I know, this is the data that the government had. This is the story that the government has. Or like on Roswell. And it's just like, oh, dude, that that's crazy. That's like contrary to what, you know, popular belief is on what happened there. There was like one UFO crash and that was it. Uh, they said it was a weather room. So I like that. I always, and I just like that all these people brought up about hybrids because I'm just kind of into that. I don't know that, that like that being a possibility because just the way she, our human civilization and species has evolved and our science and tech continuing to advance and get better and better and better at like leaps and bounds where, you know, now we have like right CRISPR, right? Like mm -hmm. gene editing, right? Like, are we not slowly harnessing gene editing? We're slowly that's a, that's becoming God. <laughs> exactly. We're slowly, you know, um, back in July. Yeah. Back in July, CERN turned on the LHC again, right? And they found when they smashed these electrons together, they like found, I think it was like new particles, right? Like stuff smaller than um than the Higgs boson or whatever that like people had speculated about forever. But then they finally find that now we're going even smaller. So like every time we think we got an idea of like what the world is made up of um and how it all works, you know, I think we're like constantly 
proving ourselves wrong, man. We keep like looking deeper and deeper and tinier and tinier and further and further out into space. Um, so when these people are bringing up this stuff about like hybrids, man, my brain just, I like that. I like that bouncing around in me because it, you know, it could help explain, dude, like maybe all these religions are correct. Like maybe they all had, like they all had these experiences, right? Maybe they were all with just ETs. Um, I mean, they said JC walked on water, right? That sounds like anti-gravity <laughs> yeah. propulsion to me <laughs> yeah. and ascending to have like, you know, so, um, yeah, I'm just fascinated Turning water to wine. This. I mean, I don't know any Dude, humans that can do that. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So I like the hybrid part and also you had yeah, some three, three D fish printer. Oh yeah. I mean, this is not, yeah, dude. The, yeah. The 3d printing, where's that going to be here? You know, and in 20 years, right. Do we have, yeah, we're just 3d printing houses. Um, you know, it's crazy that, you know, our great grandparents, right. Like, yeah, they were, they were like shitting in an outhouse, right? Like outside. Yep. <laughs> no running water. That's what yeah. they did. And that was normal. And now, you know, we can take a crap like in a metal can go at 30,000 feet flying at 500 miles per hour. So like in another 80 years, dude, I would not be shocked if we're not in some, you know, saucers taking dumps, <laughs> exploring the universe. Um, because yeah, I think, yeah, I just don't yeah. like limiting, right? How far we can go. Cause, um, being 37, man, I went from Pong playing Pong to PS5 virtual reality. And it's like, dude, that that's insane in the short period of time, how much technology well, has exploded. It's insane. Right. And we went from the first manned aircraft, like flight on air to the moon, or did we in what 60 years? And then from the moon to now to like our how powerful our computers are and all the 3D rendering. And like we just do, can do so much with tech in a hundred, let's just say in a hundred years than all of recorded human history, like the leaps and bounds forward in a hundred years. Just a few, really just a few people ago, right? Our parents, their grandparents and their great grandparents and those three generations, the yeah. entire human civilization has completely changed. One, there's a we lot just of shot a vending machine sized object <laughs> into an asteroid way, way <laughs> out. In, yeah. Like, dog, and the asteroid was the size of like three football fields. You feel me, man? You understand how, yeah. how like trajectory, like if you're off a tenth of a degree here, 10 trillion miles out, you're off by you're a well, boat yeah, you're gone. Yeah. That's crazy. It's not even dude, close. That, like, how are we doing that? And then, you know, getting data from that and showing like, oh, dude, I forget if it shifted it. You know, I think they needed to shift the the its path by one degree or half degree, whatever it was to be successful. And it shifted it like five degrees, something crazy. Yeah. Which and they're is, like, that's oh, a man, huge that means, feat. That means we can spot this thing a lot later and it'd be closer to, to Earth and we can still, you know, deflect it. It's like, dude, See, this is... Yeah, it's like all, like all the... Most of the major like Earth-ending events have been by giant impacts and we are now the first species on earth that have has the capabilities to prevent that through our own means we just have to spot them fast enough and we know we we know now that we can change the trajectory and have these things miss earth yeah, yeah. That, that's the 
that's the one thing though, is we had to spot them because we, we right yeah. now we, we only can view so much of the sky and every, every, it seems like every month they're like, Oh, an asteroid. We did not see this past, you know, within, you know, four, four distances to the moon from earth, which is, I mean, it's a long way, but it's so close enough. You're like, Oh shit. We did not even see that coming. Well, and that's only going to get better and better too, as exactly. we start allowing AI gets more sophisticated and we start implementing these things on the sky that I think the, the, the amount of things we're going to spot in the next 10 years is, is going to jump astronomically. Like I remember, um, remember the first time we heard, you know, it feels like 15 years ago, probably or something where we heard the other, there's another earth-like planet they've discovered in a Goldilocks zone. And now it's like, is that even a rare thing anymore? Really? Like we hear about Goldilocks zones all the time. There's hundreds and hundreds of planets we're finding all the time in the supposed Goldilocks zone. So I think we're just going to get immensely better and better. So Bring on and the if ETs. Anything, I wouldn't be shocked, you know, because I think it's very easy for my pea-sized brain to be like, oh, there's like, I don't know, maybe 10 ET races, 10 different races. That's it. It's like, dude, no, there could be a billion, right? There could literally be a billion different intelligent extraterrestrial life forms. Um, because yeah, like, yeah, it's just crazy. Like the, what's, you know, the concept of like, <clears throat> So like somehow it's, you know, nothing can travel faster than the speed of light, yet the universe is expanding faster than the speed of light. You feel me? And yep. it's like, it, it, my brain just, it, and like, they're like, oh, <laughs> yep. like, scientists are like, no, no, like, no, it can expand faster than the speed of light. Like, but if, if you're at either point inside the, the, the rim or as far as you can see like then it's not faster than the speed of, but outside that it's i'm like dude this this i can't even wrap my head around it. yeah the observable <laughs> but, universe is bound by the laws our physical laws but outside of that if it could be well anything goes yeah man so it's fun time to be alive man and it's cool to be you guys doing stuff like this and dockside media doing these types of documentaries because i think as we generate that more the more momentum destigmatize these types of topics, you know, it allows people to have these conversations. I think then we gather and generate more data and, you know, hopefully we can get, uh, you know, a better idea on, on what's out there and yeah, hundred well, percent. And just, what they're just doing. us doing this right now, you know, 20 years ago, unheard of four like four people in different parts of the world talking in almost real time. Like, yeah, there's a hundred millisecond delay, but it's pretty pretty good in high def streaming video and pretty good audio from different parts like in 20 years. So in 20 years from now, like we're all, we're going to all be middle-aged old, old men. What's going to be, we're, we're going to put on a pair of goggles, a couple of electrodes on our temples and we'll be in the same room. Is that what's good? <laughs> yeah. Maybe you'll be? be a middle-aged man. I'm going to be a brand new cyborg. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting oh, full yeah. upgrades. Oh, I'm definitely, I'm not ruling out of the possibility that I live to like 200 or so, or 300 or something like that. <laughs> I, you know, I'm just like, oh dude, medicine's going to keep advancing and my positive attitude, it only increases the odds of that happening. So <laughs> um, yeah, well, let's manifest that. And I mean, dude, you think about life expectancies now versus 50 years ago, 67, you know, well, what was it? 50 years ago, probably not even 50, like 40 we got doctors like smoking in the emergency room, right? Like while doing surgery, surgeries. And that was like perfectly fine. In the nineties, I remember growing up, you go to a restaurant, there's like a smoking, non-smoking section. The only thing separating the two sections was a sign, right? Like this, yeah. little, this little metal sign. It's like, well, dude, what? 
Like what's going on? But everybody thought that was fine, dude. This is normal, man. If I'm, if I'm on this side of the restaurant, I'm not getting any of that smoke, bro. <laughs> yeah. And t- 25 years ago, people are smoking on airplanes with recycled air. <laughs> like Exactly. Exactly. So man, I think, uh, yeah, now dude, it's like, Oh bro, if you go down, man, just the odds of you making it are like incredibly high. Right. Yeah. Like just relatively speaking to, to like old, old times where like, um, yeah, dude, you're hopping on a horse and somebody, yeah. And you're like, with your guts, like spilling out, you're trying to ride 10 miles, right. Um, <laughs> over like eight hours to get to like, yeah. Some doctor that. Well, yeah. Let's yeah. Do- doctor. Exactly. <laughs> He'll just no anesthesia. He's just the only dude comfortable enough with like sticking a knife in people. Yeah. The, the, the local like, doctor was this, the best carpenter there. He had all the tools. He had the saws and stuff. Like, yeah, give it a whirl. Yep. Yep. Cut them open. Yeah. yeah. So, Decently yeah, skilled in needlepoint so he can stitch it back together. Yeah, tries his best, you know, <laughs> yeah. all he can do. Uh, Tyler, what do you think? What is your thought on ETs? Are they just observing us? Are they here? Are they malicious? Like, what, what's uh, what's your theory on them? Uh, you mean, you've talked to a lot of these guys now because a lot of the intelligence guys say, like, there's no evidence that they ca- are posing that they're harmful because they haven't done anything yet, that they're evading us and they can block radar or whatever the circumstances are. So what do you think? Cause there's a lot of theories on why ETs would want to come here. We've talked about them on the show before, but I'd be curious to hear what you think. Yeah, dude, I'm just very open-minded and I tend not to rule anything out until I have like some concrete proof that says, Hey, it, otherwise, and with the universe being so big, you know, I'm just open I'm just really open to it all. Like if there's that many different races, my heart, my gut says, um, you know, I don't think, I don't think they're necessarily hostile. I feel like, dude, you know, if, if they wanted to cause us harm, like I just wouldn't be here. Like it'd just be over. There's, you know, if you have that kind of technology and power and motive or whatever it is, um, you know, if you can see into the future, right. You have, pre, you're a precog or something right. like you see that we're just, yeah, we're going to F everything up. Well then, yeah, you just, you just end us. So I think there's hope that, yeah, man, I would say probably being observed. I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, dude, we're super scientific tagging cattle and, you know, dissecting just like giant squids and just all this, you know, stuff to like, make or to write science books and learn more about anatomy and biology and physiology, like all these different things. So I would, yeah, I wouldn't be shocked if, if uh, you know, if, if people were being abducted um, and maybe studies done on them, um, it, it kind of makes, it does make good sense. I, I assume that if we run into intelligent life form in another planet, we will probably do the same thing. Like just observe, right. Not interfere. We want to learn as much about them as we can. And then, uh, yeah, then eventually you probably get to a point where you're curious enough, like, oh man, well, I need to, yeah, I need to like look at their DNA or something like that. I I really think that they are t- like they are tagging us like that. But I I always lean now to that if these things can bend space and time, whatever they are, you know, we've we've talked about it on the show a whole bunch of times. But perhaps when they visit these families, 
they're visiting someone in their life, but really for these beings that they see, you know, numerous times throughout their life, perhaps it's, you know, an hour window for these beings because they're just visiting at certain points to get enough data mm. and then, and then they're off. Right. So they're, um, what is a lifetime of experience for an experiencer could be just, you know, a bunch of 15 minute checkups, uh, you know, spanned over an hour for these right? things. That's crazy. And I wouldn't, um, uh, well, so also why I don't think they're necessarily maybe harmful. So the one lady I interviewed for conscious contact, full disclosure, our first doc, Sue Walker, she's a clairvoyant telepath. And I just had an interesting experience where when I came back from the interview and she had said, Hey, the, the Ponte who are the extraterrestrials that she uh, says that she's in telepathic contact with in a, in a mountain base in the Sandia mountains in um, Albuquerque, New Mexico. She's like, um, you know, I found that they go visit the people, you know, some people that that have come to interview me. Um, and typically, especially if they like say, hey, they're they're comfortable with it, if they like verbally state out loud, they're comfortable. So like she asked me, I'm like, yeah, I'm fine with it. She's like, oh, what about your son? I was like, oh, yeah, no, he, he's cool. He's fine. He's eight. Um, or maybe I guess he was seven at the time. And dude, don't you know, there's just some weird like hitchhiker effects going on when I get back from this interview with his, his medication, uh, disappearing his like inhaler. Yeah. Like while we're both in the room, like just disappeared, we're looking all over for it. And then it like is right there laying on the floor, like in the middle of the floor, like, you know, a minute later, it's like, dude, how do we not see that? What the hell's going on? Um, but it got to the point where enough kind of weird things happened that my son was kind of freaking out. So I'm like, look, bro, if, if anything, they're just teasing us. They, if they want to do us harm, it'd already be done. So here's what's up. Yo, Ponte, if you're out there messing with us, please make dad the best mm. filmmaker in the world. <laughs> and bro, we've got four docs picked up since I said that. So if the Ponte are out there helping, uh, dude, mad props to them. Now I will say less, uh, one other thing is like, yeah, if there is so much diversity in, in intelligent life forms, I wouldn't be shocked either if there's, you know, uh, interdimensional beings or extraterrestrials or whatever that, that, you know, um, feed off like Loosh or whatever that, that, uh, what is that? Like Tom DeLong has talked about and that like, there's this like, um, when there's like conflict or whatever between humans, there's like this negative energy that is given off and that they would be like parasites. Right. Mm -hmm. And like feeding off the, yeah, like the negative energy of the of 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 people being in conflict. Um and so maybe to some extent, you know, them helping, right? I guess try and create more conflict or nudging more people to have more conflict so they can feed more. Uh I, I guess it could be a possibility, but I'm just so optimistic. I'm like, cool. Well, if there's a set of them, then there's gotta be another set. That's well, they're eating, positive they're eating energy good right emotions. now. <laughs> What's up? They're eating good right now. <laughs> Oh yeah. The positive ones. Yeah. No, we're, I'm throwing them food all day long. So, uh, yeah, dude, but yeah, the world's a crazy place, man. So, uh, extraterrestrial, I think it's so big that the universe is so big. The odds are in the favor of, of intelligent life I, elsewhere. I agree with that. I mean, it just seems, I would, to me, it seemed a little like self-centered that we're the only ones, like we're the only ones out there. We're the only ones who got lucky and, evolved or whatever the circumstances Passed all the great filters were uh, the first first through the doors and then the other side of it is yeah maybe we're not, we're not the only ones but maybe just no one 
Maybe there's tons of ETs, but maybe if you're going to go the complete other way that ETs can get here through wormholes or whatever reason, maybe there's in almost every solar system, there is life that becomes intelligent, but you can't get out. That's it. The great filter is your atmosphere. You can get out satellites. You can get a guy to your moon, maybe. Maybe the next planet over, but just biological life cannot get through the vast distance of space. So there's there's two. Maybe you become so advanced that you can manipulate the laws of the universe through energy, harnessing the energy of your sun or whatever, using wormholes. Or maybe every, every solar system has a suckers like us always wondering what's in the next one over. And you look up there, every one of those stars got a human and their own version or whatever. So no matter which way you think about it and which way you theorize and ponder like the universe, it's endless. And people have been doing it. You'd imagine like 250,000 years ago or whatever, just a guy in this cave, he's looking up at night. He's thinking pretty much the same stuff. He might not. He doesn't know. No, back then, I think it was they, they were thinking there were pinholes poked in a black a black blanket over the. Yeah. Sky. There was light behind it, and there was pinholes. And it's like, dude, I can see that rationale, right? Like, I can yeah. understand people thinking that someone's looking so down on nuts. us. Yeah, it's nuts. It's nuts. Like, dude, if any intelligent life form happens to like spawn a hundred, a thousand years before us and follow the same technological trajectory. It's like, well, dude, yeah. In a thousand years, I don't know, dude, we are probably like, you know, galaxy jumping and stuff like that. Um, and dude, and it's like, well, yeah, why even limit it to that? Like, bro, the universe is, you know, billions of years old, right? So yep. what if they had a billion year head start or two billion year? Like, I can't even... Yeah, we can't even fathom, right, what level of thinking they are on because, man, yeah, reality and and uh, mass consciousness has, sh has shifted tremendously just in the past 100 years. So in a billion years, dude, I don't even I don't even know what that looks like. Unfathomable, they would say. It is. Mm -hmm. Like you just can't. Well, we can. We can try. We could try for hours. We probably sit here for hours and hours going through all the different. <laughs> but we still won't get what it. If. We still we'll never won't get, get it. it right. No, never. That's why because it's fun. like, yeah, <clears throat> there was nobody a hundred years ago talking about having like every piece of information in the world at the tip of your fingertips, right? And being able to watch, you know, access it, all the data in real time, whenever you wanted to talk to whoever you want via it. Like nobody, nobody can even think that, right? They, they just couldn't. It wasn't possible. Well, yeah, but I think most people, I think maybe Tesla said something about you might be able to have something in the palm of your hand, but not to that effect of all the knowledge of, of the world, but be able to talk to people from the palm of your hand. But there'd be very few people who could see the future that far ahead and be like, this is where I think technology is going. So like, I, I, it'd be interesting to go a hundred yeah, years from now. And that's just a hundred years. Like I like to see somebody offer like, where are we at in a hundred thousand years? Like, bro, I, there's no way you get that right. Yeah. There's if we, no way. If we make it that you'd far. You'd have to eat a ton, a ton of psilocybin and maybe, <laughs> yeah. maybe yeah. you got a shot. Wash it down with some ayahuasca. <laughs> exactly. But um, that's the only way you're getting into that realm, bro. <laughs> no, nah, no doubt. You have to have a visit from the metal dwarfs to understand yeah, that. The machine elves. The machine elves. Yeah. Maybe they're the creators of the Which universe. Which is super interesting, right? Yeah. Why are all these people, uh, or I, not all, but there's a, it's like crazy that there's a lot of people who, who have 
had uh, DMT uh, experiences and talk about, right, these like machine elves. So it's like, well, bro, are they really there in this other dimension? How how are how, so many yeah. different people seeing, seeing that? And interacting and like, with them. Dude, yeah. I don't know. What's the refresh rate on our eyes? Like the human experience. Like it's not that good. Like, dude, I, okay. if a fly or something goes past me fast enough, like I just, I won't see it. You feel me? It doesn't mean it's not there. I just don't see it. Yeah, you're not. I mean, we live in a visible spectrum, right? We can only see, we see visible light and there's, that's like very small sliver of the electromagnetic spectrum. So yeah, we, yeah, we, we see a, a low refresh rate where they say 30, maybe 60 hertz or like 60 uh, frames a second. After okay. <laughs> whatever, whatever the new Hobbits were filmed at, a couple frames less than that because that was hard to watch. <laughs> and they were at 48. 48? Yeah, yeah. Mine, That's what mine they're filmed at. Yeah, 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 yeah the Hobbits a little was too, a weird. I was like, weird yeah, everyone's rate. moving too crisp. I don't like it. Doesn't look real. <laughs> yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. No, Dockside Media, baby. Yo, we don't screw around with that. We threw, we shoot everything in 24 frames per second, dude. So nice. Yeah. Or, or in 120 and then slow it down five times uh, to 24 frames for like that slow-mo buttery B-roll footage. Right. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, 24. And it's weird, right, how... I'm glad you brought that up, Braden, because like I feel like a lot of people don't notice that. But bro, I can see a difference between 30 frames per second and 24 frames. Like 24 frames, my brain and I think most of society is trained like that cinema. That's what ho yeah. a Hollywood movie looks like. There's a certain motion blur by only having 24 pictures in that one second of movement. Um, 30 frames, yeah, I like automatically think like, yeah, like soap opera or whatever, you know, it's yeah. like, a, like a handheld like video camera. Like, and it just, if we did the docs in that style, it wouldn't look. I've, right I've always me. said, I've always said there's when with movies, there gets to a point where if they look too good, you look like you're watching a shitty ad. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, like you, a shitty, it's, like it's B movie on a set. Yeah. You yeah. Can and see, you're like, oh, this, you're like, this sucks. I don't like this. I don't feel emotionally invested. I don't feel like I'm a part of this world. Away. I feel like I'm looking through a window and it's not, and I'm like, Gandalf doesn't wear makeup. What the <laughs> fuck's going on? <laughs> but no, I, I, I do. I do appreciate the 24 frames. Oh yeah. That's what's up. All right, Tyler, we're coming to the end of the interview here. Let the people know where they can find not only this doc, but all the other ones, your website, your Twitter, where can people find you? You got it, man. So again, I'm Tyler with Dockside Media. Um, yeah, dude, we're, we're just creating dope paranormal documentaries. Um, you can, uh, the newest one is In Plain Sight, The Intelligence Community and UFOs, which is available October 18th on Amazon, Apple TV, iTunes, Google Play, PlayStation, and Microsoft. We have links to all our docs on our website, www.docsidemedia.com. That's D-O-C-S-I-D-E media. Uh, we also are very active on Facebook. For, uh, so you can look for the Docside Media page. And then we're on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, at Docside Media. And we have a YouTube channel as well. So, um, and we do... We, we just, for some of these different documentaries, whether it's Secrets of the Sasquatch or The Ghost of Gettysburg, you know, we, we put out these like public call outs and, hey, we're doing a haunted camp out at this, you know, this this uh, on these like sacred grounds. Right. Or, or at this haunted cemetery. Um, 
yeah, anybody, you know, is welcome to join us. So if you're into this type of content and into, you know, and you're adventurous and like uh, exploring these different topics, man, we'd love to have you come along. So please follow us, you know, interact with us on the socials, man, and, and we'll get you in a doc. And so far, man, we make everybody look good. We just do. So you don't have to worry like, oh, dude, I want to look good. That's, that's our job, Chris man. 24 frames. frames. And I just... Uh, I just, I don't know. I just, I do a good job of getting everybody in a real good mindset when they're sharing these personal stories and experiences that, you know, sometimes might not be comfortable, but, um, but yeah, they're just always in a good headspace, man. And, and it looks and sounds great, man. I think everybody did a really good job in this in plain sight, the intelligence community of UFOs and super excited just to hear the feedback that we get when this thing drops, because so far I, yeah, it's just been really, really cool. Um, and humbling. And we think it's going to be really popular here. So we look forward to everybody watching it, man. Hell yeah. So leave some reviews too. Hell yeah. We enjoyed it. Uh, if yeah, if you're in, if you're listening to our show, you're into this, these type of topics, it's fun to hear the people who have been there behind the scenes, the people at the air force base, the people behind yeah, some people with more better clearance than us, better clearance, higher clearance <laughs> than us. hundred percent. So exactly. And it's just, I like, I always get a kick. I was like, oh, bro, like if Richard Doty is just making this stuff up right now, like, like what's his motive, right? Like what, what, why would he waste his time? You know what I mean? Or say stuff that's going to just make him look like a fool. Um, it doesn't compute with me. So it's cool, man. I think everybody will be just uh, very entertained and and get a lot of good new information and just some food for thought that you can bounce around to that noggin of yours. And uh, yeah, and, and become a better person, man, and and work towards uh, disclosure. Hell yeah. All right. Thanks, brother. We appreciate it. We'll uh, catch you on the next one. Dude, yep. We'll keep sending docs your way if you'll keep having us on and watching them. So thanks so much. I love them. Dan, Braden, Zell. You guys rock, man. It's a lot of fun. All right, man. <laughs> catch you later. Thanks a lot. <laughs>